So I had the great good fortune a couple of weeks ago to be able to return to the classrooms at Los Alamos High School to visit with the senior humanities classes there who every year do a unit on world religions. And so they invite religious leaders from all over the community to come in and talk about their various faiths and get grilled to death by the very enthusiastic students. I had missed out on it last year due to the pandemic. I was thrilled to go back again this year, and it was a really engaging few hours with two different sessions of these classes. The one that started before 8 a.m., a little more lethargic than the other one, and I think understandably, but really had some probing questions. And the one later on in the morning when all of their donuts and coffee had kicked in from morning glory across the way, peppered me with questions rapid fire and they just kept coming and I was having a blast answering them and sometimes I even learn new things about my own faith as I'm answering on the fly. And then somebody hit me with a question that has given me pause right up until today. She raised her hand and asked, so is this the sort of faith where you do things every day to remind you that you're part of the religion and that you, you're doing it throughout the week? Or is this more sort of a Sunday thing? Why are you asking me hard questions at 9 a.m. on a Monday? That is not fair. She really did floor me. I didn't know right away what the answer was, and I was feeling a little guilty about maybe what my own practices might be that I could answer with, and I was very tempted in the moment to answer on the advice of my attorney. I exercised my Fifth Amendment rights to not incriminate myself, but instead I gave the standard Unitarian answer when there is no one answer to the question, which is, well, it depends on who you're talking to. But it's been eating at me for the last two weeks now that she's asked that question, probing into my head. Is this just a Sunday thing, or are there things that we do throughout the week to keep us connected to our faith, whatever that faith might look like? Now I'm not sure, 30 years ago I could have answered that question immediately because growing up in the Roman Catholic tradition, we did things every day to keep us connected to the faith we were trying to ground ourselves in. I'm sure it probably helped that I went to Catholic school from kindergarten through my bachelor's degree, so there was always something surrounding me there. But even at home, we said grace before meals and we said prayers before bedtime. And we were always reminded of the love your neighbor aspect of the faith that was so prominent in my own parish every day. It was the water that I swam in. I could not escape from it if I tried any day of the week. But today, I'll admit, sometimes I'm more conscious of it on a Sunday morning than I am any other day of the week, even when I'm working here in this building day after day. Sometimes so much of it is just the administration of the job. It is divorced from the religion part of it. And at the same time, I don't know, and I don't think I've had conversations with any of you recently, 
about your own faith practices outside of a Sunday morning, if you have any, if you feel some sense of faith. So truly, it does matter who you're talking to in this instance. But I keep coming back to the notion, remembering how I grew up, that this is indeed something I should be practicing on a daily basis. And the practice is key. If I go back to my ancient creation myth that I just made up a few years ago about the great heart at the center of all things that I talked at length about last week, this metaphor for the something bigger we feel connected to, the source that we are trying to keep in our consciousness, if we are focused on that kind of great cosmic center, eventually we become aware of the thing we are called to do beyond ourselves, that mission that is whispered in our ears at birth, to know our own selves and to know others and to know the connections of all things to the fullest capacity we are capable in our own limited finite selves. And when we become awake to this draw, to this call, then we become aware, in theory, of all things, of everyone we are connected to, of everything we are connected to, and the struggle that we share, and the fragility that is common to all of us, and the fallibility that we are all subject to. And in that awareness comes a desire to give and receive compassion because that's all that's left to us when we know we are connected in our limitations. And that's where I left things last week. And yet I'm sure if any of you thought about it for any amount of time, and it certainly strikes me every time I go into this metaphor, that's a huge ask. That is an enormous task that can overwhelm very quickly everybody Everybody, all things, I don't think I can wrap my head around that. Why don't we just stop trying? It's too much. Let me just worry about the circle in front of me. And that actually there is, is the beginning of an answer about how we stay focused on the all things, on the everyone. When you're feeling overwhelmed, by the enormity of the task of knowing things to the fullest you can in your capabilities, forget about the cosmic view of it all. Well, John, that's the exact opposite of what you've been talking about for the last two weeks. Why are you changing tacks now? Stay with me for a second. to grow aware of the limitlessness of our connections, to be able to put into practice a limitless faith takes time, takes gradual adjustment. It's like getting a fish up to speed before you empty it into your fish tank. Acclimation needs to happen. So I'm not saying forget completely 
about our connection to all things. What I'm saying is don't worry about the cosmic view, but focus on the spheres that you have the capacity to focus on in your own limited self. After all, we can only hold so many people in our minds at one time. They have done the neuroscientific research on this very thing. We can't conceive of infinity. It's crazy of me to even ask you to think about the infinite when we are so finite in who we can focus on. And so we start by focusing on who is in the sphere we can wrap our heads around, the familial, the local, the global, to the extent that we be, can be conscious of people around the world. To overcome the feeling of overwhelmingness that comes in trying to practice a limitless faith, we need to lean into the very limitations that keep us from being able to see the infinite. We need to set ourselves to the task of choosing the immediate, what our finite mind can process out of everything in front of us. Glean that out of what I'll call the imminent, the ever-present call to compassion for all things, for things as they are. When I was little, little, my parents would lead me in bedtime prayers. And it would always end with an with a inventory of sorts. God bless Mommy and Daddy and George and my friend Steve and Nana and my teacher and so on and so forth. The people in my sphere and that focus of God bless them, which could easily be translated into I'm keeping in mind and I'm feeling compassion for these people in my life. So maybe, maybe the action of practicing a daily faith really is that simple. Just creating for ourselves a laundry list. I'm losing this microphone constantly. A laundry list of the people who are in our spheres to keep them front and center in our minds. Because honestly, the daily practice of what I'll call our faith maintenance, because that's what the daily practice is for, really, shouldn't have to be all that complex. Doesn't need tools. Doesn't need props. It just needs us and an intentional moment to focus. And so maybe that intentional focus is that list of people that we keep close to ourselves, or maybe it is the three questions that keep you focused on the here and the now and what is right in front of you. And I love that Tolstoy story, and it speaks to me constantly. It's something that we start our day with to call into mind the people who need our care and our concern. Whether it's a prayer, dear spirit of life, please keep me open to being compassionate to all things, or some sort of mantra, or an affirmation like we say every week here, some sort of literal, 
conscious narration to ourselves about the immediacy of what the great heart calls us to in the work of compassion. Now you might ask, doesn't this take us right back to limiting who we can contain within that infinite us I talked about last week? Doesn't that keep us limited to who we feel is in our circle? Right here and right now, yes, perhaps, but it is the act of the practice of engaging in the list or the questions or the prayers that makes the biggest difference over time. Because our brains, as we practice, reshape themselves to make it an everyday thing. The ability our brains have for neuroplasticity has been researched in terms of its relationship to faith practices, meditation and prayer and speaking in tongues and ecstatic dance. They scan the brains to see what is happening inside there, and they do find that over time, the neural pathways start to set in. So the point is that the consistent practice of our faith, whatever that practice might be, is creating those new neural pathways. And in the end, opening us up to that bigger compassion that becomes second nature to us, becomes the water we are swimming in together in our shared faith so that when new people come into our consciousness, when new ideas, when the periphery starts to widen in what we are taking into that circle, we're not struggling so hard to manage our capacity to be compassionate. It's just what we do when we encounter it. So what is that practice? Well, it depends on who you're talking to. I don't know what yours are, and I'd love to hear from you what those might be. But as I was thinking about it those last few weeks and delving back into this framework of the great heart that I keep coming back to, I thought to myself, what would be the three questions that the great heart would lead me to to start off my day? And what I landed on, at least for the moment, is this. Who in my sphere needs my immediate care? Who do I need to hold close in my memory today so that they are not forgotten? And, and this is a doozy, who is the person I have the most difficulty feeling compassion for today? Yes, I'm asking you hard questions at 11 a.m. on a Sunday, and no, it's not fair, but that question deserves a much deeper exploration. And when I'm back here in the pulpit on the 27th, that is going to be the last topic in this widening the circle conversation we are having. How do we practice compassion with the folks who just grind at us? But for now, I'll leave you with the three questions to think about. Because the work of faith, 
of maintaining our faith, of staying focused on the call of the great heart, needs constant practice, however it is we practice. And so the question still remains for each of you and me as well, because it depends on who you are talking to. Is this a faith where you do something every day to keep you connected? Or is this just a Sunday thing? It's up to you. Maybe so.